Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz. On the final day of Seahawks minicamp last week, we heard from Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll, who spoke at length about the big news of the day, which was DK Metcalf's absence. Uh, decision that he, you know, he had to make, and uh, you know, we missed him. Uh, he he had done a nice job and contributing, being part of everything that we we had done. And then, you know, he he just he's not here, so I I can't say much for what he hasn't done here. But um, we'd love to have him with us. There's been conversations, uh, some, and um, we're in a pretty kind of a standard, you know, kind of some semi quiet right now, um, knowing the camp's coming up. Um, these are cru- crucial weeks to, to get something done. We'll see what happens and, and, uh, and hope, hope that we can work something out. We really intended to get that done. I had hope that he might come in and, and because he, he was still in a rehab phase, you know, that uh, he wouldn't be able to do all of the work um, that he would have been here would have been good for us. And so unfortunately, he wasn't here. Pete says he still expects a deal to be done. We're, we've been through this for years, you know, and, and we know it's a, it's a challenging time. And, uh, um, you know, we've had so many high profile guys that have gone through this process and, uh, you know, how's that worked out for us? You know, we figured it out in, in time. And so, um, well, Johnny, you know, is on it. He's as experienced as you can get at handling this stuff. And, and, uh, uh DK's got great representation and, and DK's a, is a heck of a kid. And, and, um, but it, there's no way of avoiding the first time of this, you know, the first time and the, what it feels like and the experience of it and all of that. And uh, there's there's so many classic, you know, examples of, you know, how guys have de- dealt with it and handled it. And our guys got figured out, you know, and it, it's it's unfortunate that nobody ever learns from the guy before him. You know, it's all brand new. It's like first time again. It's like, you know, 50 first dates kind of thing. You know, you got to go through it, you know. And, and so that's just what it is. And, and our guys have to, too. You know, we have to go through it again and start all over fresh, knowing that it's a it's brand new for, for you know, and for us and and, and a kid like, uh, you know, like DK. And he's a remarkable person. He's a wonderful player. Uh, he he has so much to offer the world. And you know, I I just don't want want him to miss this opportunity and where we can't figure it out. So we'll we'll do everything we can. Another big item that Carol provided a lot of detail on was Chris Carson's absence, which unlike DK's is excused. So we're waiting for uh, there's a there's kind of a big assessment to be done. And it's about two weeks from now. Um, from the docs and the, the surgeon and all that, they'll, they'll uh, reconvene and see where he is and let us know. The decision, we could have made the decision that he was ready to go. That could have happened. That didn't happen. So um, uh, now we're into the next, you know, the next phase of it. We'll see what happens here. Um, um, just hold out a good hope because he's worked really hard and he really wants to come back and all of that. Um, but I can't tell you anything for certain now at this point. And uh, so... The, the fact that we could have known, you know, because given us, you know, green light, here we go. Um, that didn't happen. We visited, um, it's about 10 days ago now, um, here, here and uh, had a real good chance to hang out with him and, and, and feel him, you know. And, and he, he's concerned because he wants to play, you know, and he, he loves the game and, and he's, a, he's a worker. You know, he wants to work and push and all that. And there's some things that he's, he was still a little bit restrained to do you know so he wasn't quite ready to do everything uh, at that time and and it's just hard on him you know i mean this is our guys love this game that they grow up playing and and when they sense that there's it's there may be an end to it it's hard it's it's difficult and it's real and uh you know we're gonna love them through it and help them as much as possible if that's the case like we do with everybody when it comes to the end of it you know it's inevitable it's coming you know but uh it's, it's always too soon you know so we're trying to fight that off and and uh he knows that he, he's battling he's doing everything he can and he's and he wants to compete all the way to the to the last word and so he's going for it and uh 
you know, he's been one of my favorite Seahawks ever, you know, and, and uh, uh, loved what he what he stood for and what he brought. And, and we'd love to have him back again. Um, he, he's a very special player and a very special competitor on your team and person. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. While we're on the topic of Carson, let's get to a few other injury updates, including second year wide receiver D. Eskridge. Well, he had um, he had a, a hamstring hamstring thing that just kind of just nagged him, and so he just couldn't get through it, you know. And, and uh, he did he did fantastic when he was out here, but unfortunately, um, again, he's accumulated a lot of days where he wasn't out here, and so um, just feeling for him because he's dying to get out, and, and uh, he, he does stuff every day. Um, he's explosive. He's learned the offense. He's he's flexible in the things that he can do, and and we just got to get him out here. So it's just been it's been hard, and I, I feel for him because I know it, it it's killing him. Fellow receivers Bo Melton and Derek Young have also missed time. They just had they they had some tightness that we had to you know keep from being hamstring pulls, but both of them from the workload, you know, and that really to me that tells you they weren't they weren't in good enough shape. And uh, because they came out flying and did, did really well when they had their chance. And then by the second week, uh, it seemed like it started to catch up. And, and uh, um, you know, they just got susceptible to the to what happens. It's just that soreness that, that is the, the onset of the pull coming. So we just were real careful with them uh, to not let that happen. But both those guys did a nice job now. And they're both totally different, unique players. Uh, but uh, they were impressive. Rookie running back Ken Walker is also dealing with a hamstring issue. Really, it's the same category, you know, um, where he got he, he felt some tightness and we slowed him down and, and he just couldn't get get through it. So we just had to hold him out. He he looked great. He really did. He's really fast. He's really uh, he's got an attitude about him. He's nasty and physical and wants wants to show that and be that beautiful, you know, uh, addition to, to our group. And, and uh, you, you, we saw him on a number of occasions getting the ball out of the backfield and then a couple of balls that he broke uh, where you could really see the burst. You know, he's a big play guy. So, um, you know, at this point, you know, when we're looking at he and, and Rashad, you know, those two guys is, is you know, the potential one-two kind of punch until Chris gets, gets cleared. Uh, um, you know, that, it's pretty exciting. And not to, not to miss two that uh, – that Travis Homer looked good too. He looked really fast out here and he was in really good shape, made it through the whole thing, did great. So the position looks in good hands and we're excited about it. It looks very explosive. Our last bit of injury news focuses on players who might not be ready in time for training camp. Trey Brown's still still coming back. Um, also, Marquise Blair, that we got to make sure. You know, I, I don't know. It's going to be a race. He thinks he's going to make it, um, but it'll be a race against the clock a little bit there. And we'll see how it goes. Um, he's coming back from the bilateral uh, abdominal surgery. God, that sounded like I knew what I was talking about. You say bilateral and you sound smart. Um, but he, he has, he had a, he'll be close. And that's a guy that we're not talking about much. You guys haven't asked much about. Um, but, you know, we have the highest of hopes for him to, to contribute at the safety position uh, in the nickel and dime situations as well. And as he has in the past, we just got to keep him out there, you know, so... You know, a few of these guys got to get over the hump on this this injury thing, and they got they got to stay. You know, and, and so that they can show who they are and what they what they are. They're 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 chomping at the bit. You know, their attitude is great, and it's just just got to wish them good luck. BBK is working it. Um, he's done a remarkable job to overcome where he's overcome. He's not quite there yet, um, but he's shooting for it. And the last one there, BBK was linebacker Ben Burkirvan. With the negative news out of the way, let's get to what Carroll's impressions of the camp were as a whole. Finished the, the the bulk of this offseason uh, to this point with um, on a really high note. Um, we had great work consistently throughout um, leadership and energy 
and uh, the learning that took place stood out. I mean, all those, oh, they all stood out. And uh, so we've come a long ways, and uh, I'm really fired up where we've, you know, where we've arrived, knowing that the biggest part of this offseason really is, is this next six weeks that come up for our guys getting in shape, coming back to camp. Um, we know, we know uh, that uh, if you're in great shape, you have your best chance to stay healthy. And so for our individual guys and for our team, we want our guys to be here and, and be able to answer the call and, and uh, stand up to the work. And that means they've got to run, run like crazy and, and, and really get in great shape. So they've adapted their bodies and uh, they'll come back at their strongest, fastest weight to us. This is the biggest offseason of our life. And uh, there's only one way to look. It's the only one we got. So um, hopefully... The message is clear, and, and I, I know just judging from the, the mentality of these guys that are here with us, uh, there's no question how they're going to do it. So um, we're in, in years past, I would tell you that I was kind of worried about these six weeks, more so than uh, than what I've seen in the last couple of years of our guys responding and, and coming to camp ready to go, and I think they're going to do the same, but we need to do better. And so uh, that's what the challenge is that's been posed to these guys, and so uh, we'll count on that happening and, and look forward to that time when, when it arrives. Of course, the biggest takeaway we're all waiting to hear from camp is the progress of the quarterback competition. And we'll hit that after the break. On the episode looking at minicamp day two, we heard from quarterbacks Geno Smith and Drew Locke. What does head coach Pete Carroll think of the quarterback competition so far? Man, they've been impressive. They've been really impressive. And it's not been, you know, any one sequence here or one day here. One, they have just been solid throughout. Um, we've shared a, a ton of reps. Geno's gone with the first group throughout. Um, but they've had very close to equal reps in, in situational uh, opportunities throughout. Uh, they they've really have been very impressive. And, uh, uh, you know, so I'm, you know, I can't tell you anything other than that they've done a terrific job so far. They look in control. Um, Gino's still ahead. You can tell that, um, but it's not going to be too much for, uh, for for Drew to, to be caught up. By the time we get through camp, uh, he'll be there. He's he's really bright. It makes sense to him. Uh, he's really sharp in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage and all of that. So there's there's it's just time that, that he needs, and there's there's nothing we can do but just you know gain some more of that. So isn't the competition is in great shape and. and uh, um, you you can tell that Gino's been here. You know you can feel that, and and he's he's taken full advantage of that, and uh, it's it's good for us. We there we didn't hesitate to do anything. We can do everything we've done in years past. So um, we're off and flying. Here we go. How about his thoughts on Drew Locke specifically? He's really competitive. Uh, he's got all kinds of plays in him. Really a natural athlete, natural thrower, uh, natural movement guy. Um, had his best day yesterday on the move. He had some big scramble plays that he hit. Um, it was great to see. We've seen it on film, so it's just nice to get it validated here. And there'll just be tons and tons more. So uh, this is not too big for him. He's ready for it. He is. He's primed up, ready. Uh, has learned a lot in the years past, and uh, he seeks. He seeks this this kind of uh, support, and he's getting it. You know that he's. We're we're showing him that we believe in him as a player, and we believe that he can he can get it done, and get the job done. And now we just got to play the thing out. I don't know that he always felt like that, and uh, um, so um, it, he's responded really well, and the coaches are, are really thrilled about it. So uh, we're in good shape at the position, and we just got to see what happens. And, and the games are going to be important, and everything will be important. Uh, this is just you know wearing t-shirts and stuff, you know, out here. So it's, it's not the real deal. However, we can see all of the mental side of it come, come to light, and we have no 
no reason to restrict our thoughts in any way. According to Carroll, though, perhaps the big star of minicamp was rookie cornerback Tariq Woolen. Probably the flashiest guy was, was Tariq Woolen. You know, he was the flashiest in camp. Uh, he missed some early time, but uh, once he got out here, shoot, you couldn't miss him out there because he, he's long and tall and he's really fast. He's fast, fast. And uh, the, the style of play, um, you know, we, we would style him like you would have seen uh, – uh, you know, Brandon Browner, and, uh, you know, he's 6'4", and so they'll look similar. He's He's got a step on Brandon, um, or four. Uh, <laughs> um, no offense, BB, but uh, uh, he, he made a really good, really good impression here, and uh, he had some really good opportunities to go run uh, against Marquise Brown, and uh, the fastest guy you can find, you know, he's four twos, and they, they were battling, man. They, they, they were battling out here, so that was, that was really encouraging and, and exciting to see. Rookie pass rusher Boye Mafe also drew impressive comparisons from Pete. The two rushers uh, we're going to see, I'm really holding out hope that Mafe is going to really ha have a chance to help us. He's really talented. Um, he's the closest looking fit to, uh, to, to Cliff Averill that we've seen. You know, the explosion and the flexibility, uh, the bend that he has. Um, and Cliff had a great career for us in, uh, in the league, and if he can get anywhere near that, it would be a great plus for us. It looks like he's got the chance to be that kind of a player. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully he's going to work with Cliff uh, in, in this offseason, too. That will help. Jordan Brooks, meanwhile, is taking over Bobby Wagner's role at the center of the defense. Yeah, he's just stepped to the front, you know, and, and realized the opportunity is here and we need him, and, and uh, he's the play caller. And uh, that, along with that, just has, you know, traditionally has been that role. And uh, he, he senses it and, and he's done a marvelous job, not with what he says, but with what he does and how he approaches his work. He's worked every day, giving you everything he's got every step of the way. I mean, he's been a, a beautiful uh, leader in that regard and, and couldn't ask for more. On the other side of the ball, second year tackle Stone Forsyth is looking to grab the right tackle spot. Stone's in there. Yeah, Stone's, Stone's really improved a ton. Uh, there's, there's no, you can't tell uh, right now when those guys all did a nice job. Um, they're, they're a little bit different, but Stone is, is really, he, he's become better. He's physically better than he was as he came here. Uh, he's stronger. Uh, he's, he's more flexible, and um, he can play both sides. But yeah, he's in it. Moving on, we've heard about the rookies. We've heard about Drew Locke and Noah Fant. But one Seahawk we haven't heard a whole lot about is cornerback Artie Burns. Well, Artie did a good job. Artie did a really nice job. We really, um, we really jumped in with Artie uh, in, our, in our press stuff. And, you know, Artie's really fast. Uh, he's really long. And he's got a nice feel for it. Um, and he, he jumped in. He played with the first group most of, most of camp and did a nice job. Um, uh, real positive about him. I, really, uh, Sydney did a nice had, had a nice camp too. Uh, in the, these guys don't get to compete. They can't make plays on the ball. You know that we can't do that. So you got to have to use your imagination. Could he have made that play and all that? But uh, Sydney was real active in both, and he and Artie were. And Artie, they played a little bit different style. And uh, I was fired up about Artie. I didn't realize he would look that good that early. And so he he's taken to our stuff. Wrapping up this episode, Pete Carroll was asked if it had been indicated to him that the Seahawks are for sale, given Jody Allen's recent move to look to sell the Portland Trailblazers, the other franchise owned by the Allen family. She's never, she's never entertained that thought at all. I haven't heard her say that at all. Um, I'm talking about our club, you know, and, and so I don't, I don't know anything about the Trailblazers. Uh, fun to watch. That's going to do it for the show. Thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode. Follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Kahn, C-O-N-N. -N. 
I'm going to take a couple days off here and I will be back covering OTAs. Of course, you can follow along everything up at fieldgoals.com. Subscribe to this show. That way you never miss an episode. SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts. And until next time, go Hawks.